Welcome to The Rock Fight, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. Trail running shoes have become the de facto footwear for a lot of folks on the hiking spectrum. Be it day hikers, backpackers, or through hikers, for years now, many have valued the lightweight, comfortable, and quick-drying effects of a trail running shoe over an old-school heavy boot. That's not to say that people aren't buying hiking boots anymore. In fact, the category continues to grow each year across the board. Boots from brands like Solomon, Merrill, Loa, Vasque, and Keen continue to find feet to cover for use both on and off the trail. But head out to most any trail these days and you're likely to notice a lot of running shoes on the feet of those you pass. And personally, that's how I feel. If we're talking about a location or a time of year where the trails are free from snow, trail runners are the clear winner here. But it honestly raises bigger questions. I mean, why do we care so much about what other people wear outside? All it takes is a quick glance at comments on social media to see that even if we agree that a life lived outside is amazing, the way you're living that life can raise the hackles of many within our community. Someone who has thought long and hard about this subject is Justin Hausman. Justin is a senior editor and writer for Adventure Journal, where over the past few years, he's chronicled his journey from boots to running shoes and back to boots, with some sports sandals thrown in for good measure. And at the end of all that, Justin has announced to the world that he is a boot guy. So I asked him to come on the show and talk about his journey from boots to runners and back again, and see if someone who evaluates gear for a living can figure out why we all care so much about what's on the feet of our trail walking compadres. I'm Colin True, this is The Rock Flight, and today we're looking to settle the fight between hiking boots and running shoes. So we're here with Justin Hausman. Justin, thanks so much for joining. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. It's impossible to write your name and to not throw an E in your last name. Or an AAU. I get that a lot. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. I usually, if you know, every time someone's writing my name down, I'll be like, it's Houseman with no E, which I guess is confusing. Anyway, so before we get into the nuts and bolts of it and talking about trail runners versus hiking boots, you know, at the end of the day, you decided that you like boots more than running shoes. And on the surface, that's a simple preference. Doesn't seem like it'd be something that would be a divisive decision. But you, it motivated you to write an entire article about it. So, I mean, when you're in your experience reviewing gear, like, why do you think we look side-eyed at people who do it differently than us? Well, I think there's there's two parts probably to, at least two parts anyway, to answer that question. And like the first one in terms of, okay, why will I think, or why do I think people will think this is interesting? I haven't really encountered any other activity that is quite like this, but there's something so deeply personal about gear choices in, in outdoor pursuits. The, the the relationship that you develop with your gear is pretty incredible. I mean, it's, I, I suppose part of that might be that we have this, and I'm, I'm thinking mostly as like a backpacker here or someone who's out in sure. the, the backcountry where gear actually matters quite a bit. And it, it, there's this notion that, okay, this gear is going to make me like safe and happy and comfortable. And it's been there with, with me. It's been to the same places I have. It's suffered through the same things I have. So it's kind of a part of me. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, there, I, I don't know, I feel like that's pretty unique in, in, in our space. And so anytime you like people, people eat up articles about a favorite jacket or a favorite pair of boots. I mean, if you sat down and wrote a, an article about how you've had the same down jacket for 25 years and here's all the different ways that you've mended it. I mean, that, that'll be the top 10. Articles, that's journalistic you know, gold in the outdoor industry. It is. And like, I honestly, I could probably make a nice career just making up stories like that and just having a, <laughs> having a blog all about all the gear I've like loved and, and, and pieced together over the years. But there's something about that. So we develop a super personal relationship with, with our gear. No question about that. But in terms of why we might look side-eyed at people, that's such an interesting question. And I think that might be that 
I almost feel like we feel like we've earned our knowledge. At least it, this is my my sort of take on it. That okay, I've been doing this whatever it is, running or climbing or something for five ten years, and I've I've made mistakes. I've learned what works, and here's what I've here's where I've arrived. And so in my article, I talk about how uh, I was I was wearing big heavy boots. I was actually working for the National Park Service as an archaeologist for like four months in Kings Canyon. So I, I had boots on that could that could. I mean, I'm doing 10 miles a day off trail, mm-hmm. scram- scrambling. I mean, I needed something. I, I needed boots. Like there was a reason I had boots and not and not trail runners. But when I saw these, there was a, a couple in their 60s that were that were uh, doing the John Muir Trail and they were finishing up climbing uh, Whitney. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, they were in super fit. They they had probably been backpacking their whole lives. Um, and they had they were wearing I think it was like Asics, like running shoes. They weren't even like trail runners. You know, it, I was just like, okay, so what are these like what are these people trying to get away with like they're shirking something right like like it, i you know there's just this sense that like i knew what i needed because i had these boots on and i had figured it out and we're in the same place and you must be doing it wrong i think it's i think it's a combination of that sort of personal like earned experience with your gear and a fear that i might be doing it wrong <laughs> and that and and that someone else figured it out better than i have i think it's it's got to be something like that I don't know. That's an interesting thing about the relationship we have with gear and apparel. And we are at this place where it's like, well, you can try a bunch of different things and to see what works for you. Uh, And maybe this is the old, maybe my kids will never think about this the way I'm thinking about it because like they've grown up in a world where, Hey, stuff just works. And, uh, and you wear what feels good versus, you know, you or I might be out there and be like, what is it? What is it? What is, what does she know? What does he know? Like, what is it that I don't, you know, and now I'm all self-conscious about it. I don't know if it's a gender, maybe it's a generational thing. Well, there's also, and I'm thinking about it more, there's also obviously different kind of mindsets that go into something like that. I mean, you could, the the people that I saw that day were very like jockish hikers, right? Like they Mm -hmm. were obviously trying to move fast and like accomplish something, you know? And yeah, I was working. So in theory I was too, but that's like the last thing I want to do when I'm out. I'm not a fast, I'm not, I've toyed with lightweight stuff. I've kind of played around with that idea. I get it. But then I kind of realized I'm not really out there to move fast. That's not what I'm doing. And so, I, you know, I want to I want to be able to do anything I want when I'm out there. And so right. um, and I want to sort of sit, move slowly and think about things. And maybe I want to go fishing. Maybe I don't. Maybe I want to sketch this tree, whatever. Like, I'm not I'm not just like I got to put 25 miles in. And uh, if not, I'm going to like not have a full experience. Like, I don't, I don't know. So, so you're not you're not going to go outside and say I'm going to win outdoors today. Totally. And so <laughs> I I like whether or not people mean to or whether or not it's valid, I think you're sort of projecting kind of your um outdoor personality through your gear choices in some ways or some people do anyway. So let's let's break down some of the reasons you you came back to the to wearing the boots, right? And and firstly, you know, like as as confidence seemed to be something that was uh mm-hmm. you know a lack of confidence. <laughs> You know, you cite dry feet after low, quote, low stream tromping as a critical component of your decision to go back to boots. Yes. So, you know, number one, do you do you tromp low streams often? I do. I'm a tromper. I'm a stream. <laughs> I'm a stream tromper. If there's a stream out there, I'm a fine. I'm a trumpet. Uh, in fact, I will do that probably. It's a pretty specific stream, though, right? It has to stay below the ankle oh, line. Yeah. It has yeah. to be about three, three inches in depth is what I'm looking for. That's what we're looking for. And uh, we, we call ourselves trompers. It's a sort of a. We're a niche in the community in the outdoor. But, but to have that tromping experience, you have to have some sort of, you know, waterproof nature to the boot, which then goes yes. back to my hot take on waterproof running shoes here. Now, how does hot feet not work against your argument? You're tired, wet, hot feet. 
Well, okay. So first of all, I mean, there is a, there is a bit of an art to, to the, to wearing big boots. I mean, you obviously have lots of choices. You can go full leather, you can go nubuck, you can go, uh, and I consider a hiking boot, even something that's got synthetics on it, you know, something big and stiff, right? I, if you just throw, if you throw on a pair of cotton socks and a pair of leather boots, your feet are going to sweat. Oh yeah. If you throw, if you throw on, like I usually just wear, even if it's cold, in fact, <laughs> I'm wearing some right now. I usually just wear, uh, like wigwam, uh, sock liners which which are like even thinner and i think they're they're wool or they're synthetic something like that but those with like a good breathable boot your feet aren't going to get that hot i mean yeah they're going to be hotter than than a mesh trail runner for sure but that i i don't think that's ever like I, i've never been at the end of the day and like pulled my feet my shoes off and, and my feet sort of just you know were like swamp foot and i thought oh this is this was a mistake that's never once happened and considering the fact that people have worn boots for you know centuries in the outdoors doing crazy shit i mean clearly it's okay to do, but I would say that, that, to, as far as like the stream thing goes, I mean, it's, there's something about just being able to walk wherever the hell you want in a boot that I value tremendously. And maybe it's cause I'm getting older. I don't know, but, um, it's just, it, it's a mental comfort. Like, yeah, my feet might be less cushioned than they would be with three inches of, of hoka foam underneath them but i can walk wherever the hell i want oh there's a stream i'm gonna walk through it. i'm not gonna feel it it doesn't matter like i don't have to worry about it at all um it, it's just that i've grown to appreciate that level of performance that that you just don't you just don't get with trail hikers but again that's or trail runners but again that's going back to what you're out there to do really and for right. me it's 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 i'm not worrying i'm not gonna break into a trail run halfway through my hike just for the hell of it <laughs> You know, the big, honestly, probably the one of the other, probably the second biggest part of it is the fact that I like having the same pair of shoes for a really long time. I, I, um, it's a, it's a cliche thing, but, uh, maybe a decade ago or so, my, uh, mother in law was in Yosemite with, with me and my wife, mm-hmm. and she had a pair of Asks Sundowners. So those are, you know, leather, leather, yeah, yeah. leather boots. She's had them forever. I mean, this is, they were probably made in, I think, Vask. Ugh, gosh, I should know this as a gear guy. I'm fairly certain Vasque started in Italy. I think these are like Italian, like wherever they're from. They weren't like the more modern version. These were the old school. She probably right. had them since the 70s. And she'd worn them in Yosemite every single year. And they meant so much to her. And so she, yeah, I guess this is technically littering, but it was it was really cool. Like she left them at her favorite trail with a note, you know, saying, you know, there's probably still some life left. I've had these for 25 years. Um, I can't I can't bear to part with them anywhere else other than this trail I love in Yosemite, like right at the trailhead. And I think that's beautiful. And I'm not going to do that with a pair of Brooks Cascadias that I've had for, for, <laughs> for three years. You know, like I just, you just, they're, they're disposable footwear at that point. And so I like that. And again, it's probably, probably a function of getting older, but I love knowing that the boots I have now, I can easily have for 10 years and that they'll sit in a corner somewhere and I probably won't ever really get rid of them. And my daughters will point them out and I'll remember things I did in those boots. I already have memories like, my favorite boots now I've only had for a couple of years, but I already have cool memories in them, you know, and, and I don't want those to go away and I don't always take photos of everything. And so believe it or not, those memories can live in a boot. I mean, it's the same thing I was saying about writing a story about a Jackie Pepper for 20 years. I mean, I, that, that means more to me as I get older than, than uh, something that's super light and super fast and super high tech like that. It's right, just, so, so we're making know? a list. We have, you know, the things that mean the most to Justin Houseman. number one, his boots to his jacket through what are your kids five six are they they show up on the list or uh, uh well they have to earn it 
So that's <laughs> they have to earn it. I, well, but you know, yeah. I do want to point. I think manufacturers, in my estimation, are in my experience, are notorious for underestimating the life of a running shoe's midsole. If you're a true runner and you want to have that springiness, yes, it dies. But a pair of running shoes, as long as the outsole is grippy, can last way longer than most people say. And there are those who will repair and resole running shoes. Have you have you experienced this? Have you seen that? Have you ever tried? I should, it? No, I didn't know that you could. I, I I the only thing you know the runners I know they love getting new shoes. So I like I don't even know who that market's for, right? Like I don't right. I don't I don't know a runner who's like ah oh, sick I can't wait to replace the the, yeah. the, the Pegasus Air midsole these shoes for I've had to <laughs> like maybe they must exist and they're probably hikers, you know. So the, I think that's great. But well, I I, and, and we that. need to figure that out. I mean, that's that's my the, the one place where I have if I'm going to take the stance against you for in, in favor of trail runners is the longevity because it's a, a mess. You know, when I was at the kind of my peak running, which uh, I can't really do much anymore because my, my knee failed me. But it's a you know, I'm going through, I don't know, three, four pairs of lone peaks a year just because the outsoles wear out eventually, especially down here in Southern California, where it's like running on sandpaper everywhere you go. You know, so exactly. it's a. You know, there is something to be said for uh, as a sustainability initiative. Uh, runners don't hold up very well. I, I in, uh, a few years ago, I did a um, a profile in our print magazine on this guy named Obi Kaufman, who's a he's a he's a wildlife artist, poet guy up here uh, up here in the Bay Area. And um, I never met him before, and I didn't know anything about what he looked like. We agreed to go for a hike in the East Bay, and so I showed up, and he's wearing like. This is probably a spring day. So I probably had shorts. I probably had trail runners. I, you know, and a plaid shirt or something. He, he had like a felt hat, uh, a denim jacket, denim jeans, leather boots. And he was 35. I mean, he's not, he's not like an old guy, maybe, maybe a little bit older. I don't know. But he was talking to me about how he just doesn't like having synthetic stuff at all. Like when he, and he does a mm. lot of like super deep backcountry, like hiking and painting and stuff. And he's like, I just, you know, part of it's part of it's a look, a vibe, but also I just prefer not to have synthetic stuff. But as we were talking, he was talking about how old a lot of his stuff was, and um, at the time that didn't matter to me, but it does now. And um, you know, the repairability thing is huge. Uh, I, I feel really guilty, and I, again, I churn through gear as part of my job, so that that probably has something to do with it. I realize people who are out, you know, spending a ton of their own money on stuff all the time. I'm right. sure that they do try to keep their stuff up, but you know. Um, I love the idea of, of having like the same, you know, cotton based jacket for like uh, for a really long time. I, I've actually moved away from synthetics a lot in yeah. my in my outdoor in my outdoor experience. And I think, you know, part of it's a part of it's um, I like the feel of natural fibers on my body or natural leather, that sort of stuff. Part of it is a much deeper awareness of all the shit that goes into making yeah. synthetic materials. Um, and, you know, the outdoor space has a lot to you know, reconciling to do about that sort of thing. Um, and not like it, you know, it's not like it's an earth shattering difference in my, in my impact, but something like wearing leather boots, wearing a hemp canvas jacket, which I usually bring now when I'm, when I'm camping, um, wearing, uh, you know, cotton pants, like it just, I don't know, it feels, it feels better. And people always did that and people were fine. You know, like you don't yeah. need, you don't need silk nylon, you know, to, to, you know, to live outdoors or you don't need Dyneema jackets. I mean, like you're, you're, you're fine in some waxed can a wax canvas jacket is heaven to put on. I mean, I, it's just a joy. Yeah. The, God, the listen hot... to me, listen to me. I'm, I swear to God, I'm not like twisting my mustache with like <laughs> mustache wax, writing a, writing a penny farthing while I'm talking to you. This, this isn't know, like a hip, this... like a hipster affect. It's just, <laughs> it's just true. At a certain point you realize like it's never like, it's, it's, 
I never feel great putting on down jackets, maybe, but like you never put on like a like a like a polyester mid like polyester mid layer and be like, ooh, this is nice. Well, every, the only time you, know? you do, and ah. I, I, so this is a. Uh, and first of all, the the hipster outdoorsman, I think that's your new podcast that we're going to launch on the Rock Fight mm-hmm. Podcast Network. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, but the, I, so this was another interesting point working for a premium textile manufacturer, right, and kind of understanding and understand. And we we don't want to get into a huge sustainability conversation on this podcast. We'll do it on, on another episode, but. You know, sitting with some folks and sitting with brands and understanding the what really drives a lot of the pr- product creation isn't tech, uh, need or performance, but it is profit margin and how thing, much things cost. And like I'm right now wearing a power grid top from which is Polartec fabric by a brand called Raining Champ. And this does feel good next to skin. It's got a nice brush back. It feels it feels like a almost like a cotton back wood. But I agree with you. Most polyester tops don't. They don't feel good. They feel plasticky. They stink. It's terrible. But this is also probably like a hundred and seventy five dollars shirt. Yeah. But I'm not also going to have it for another twenty years. And I think that's the that's the thing that people don't understand. They they especially if it's coming from an outdoor brand. I think they feel like it's like organic food. They feel like that part of the decision making has been done for them. That's um, interesting. And you know what I mean? It's like, I oh, this is made by, I bought this at REI, so it was made as green as possible. When that's not the case. There's a lot of greenwashing in the outdoor space. And and I and I say that with criticism and and as a way that, that needs to be fixed, but we're still probably doing it better than 90% of the other industries in the world who make stuff, right? Because we do have an invested interest and you have to at least appear like you're doing a good job. So it, but to bring it back to your shoes, yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense. And that is a big thing that I think the, you know, the sneaker world is going to have to reckon with is like, how do you, what what is the end of life look like? Because, you know, you're saying three, 400 miles. Well, if I run regularly, that adds up pretty quick. Right. And, and you know, I know that they're, I, I don't know if they're still doing it, but Solomon, I think it was Solomon was launching mm-hmm. like a subscription service uh, a, a year or two ago. That's uh, great. The, shoe, the shoes were super eco. And I think they were like, I think they were completely dye free. Um, and you know, that, that sort of thing makes sense, but just imagine the, the logistics, like carbon footprint, that sort of thing has where you're sending shoes out like once a month to people, you know? Um, and again, you know, I'm not an expert. Like I'm sure if I went to a a boot factory, I'd be appalled at like, (laughs) but in fact, I, I don't know what's in my boots. I mean, I hate to say it, but I I don't know. I just know that I like things that will last for a really long time. And I don't feel guilty about when I have to buy a new one. Okay, I want to I want to pivot to something uh, even lighter than running shoes because, in your writing, you have loudly proclaimed your love for the versatility of bedrock sandals. Have you ever tried backpacking in a pair of sports sandals? I have never on purpose, um, but I have <laughs> I, I, I have done it. I uh, I'm trying to think. The first time I think was a pair of chacos. I forget which kind, but um, my wife's boot broke. And I gave her mine or something like that. I can't remember what happened, but I, I had like a pair of sports sandals and like she she had a boot issue. And so I either gave her mine or I, maybe I had to take the laces out of my boots. I think that's what it was. Like her laces shredded or something happened and she had to take, that's what it was. She had to take my laces and all I had were my Chacos and we had like 12 miles. Um, and it was fine. Like it was totally yeah. fine. Uh, I mean, it wasn't super comfortable in the sense that I, I still don't like that feeling of like my feet slipping around, but it was totally fine. Um, I've done that where I forgot to bring boots uh which i've i'm notorious for forgetting like super important things uh when i'm packing <laughs> the truck because i'm usually just like in a big hurry and i have forgotten to bring my boots and wore my bedrocks on a trip and just hiked in those um it was it wasn't that far but that was like a i think that was kennedy lakes so that's like seven miles in from from okay. the trailhead 
Um, and so, which is interesting. So, I mean, that all this is kind of going to go against a lot of what I was talking about with the security of the of the of the boot. But it's I also enjoy. I guess I sort of also enjoy the exact opposite, which I I, I do think there is something to be said for like the feeling of the air on your feet. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, or like walking through a stream and you feel the water on your feet. I mean, that's and that's different than a trail runner. Like a trail runner is like softening that experience. It's like the worst of both worlds, I guess, for the sake <laughs> well, of it holds the moisture. It holds the moisture in. Your feet might get cold. You didn't really get to feel it. Like whatever. There's something to be said for the sandal thing. I do. I do actually like that. And um, when I go just hiking, just day hiking, I'll often wear bedrocks in the summertime more often than not. All right, so bring it home for me because I'm not sure we got to any firm conclusions here today. So what's your ultimate takeaway from this debate? I wrote an article about this in the surf world a few years ago where uh, I point out that if you read something that someone wrote in the very early days of modern surfing, like in the 20s and 30s, you know, some somebody like Tom Blake uh, who kind of invented what it means to be the modern surfer like the way he talks about surfing is exactly the way that i would now in terms of his experiences his level of joy his uh desire to do that nothing else (laughs) you know um (laughs) and that guy was doing it on surfboards that weighed 120 pounds that he made himself from wood that didn't even have a fin until he invented it like his the way he surfed was radically different than the way i surf and the point is that the enjoyment factor is the same. So like you could you could remove every like like technological iteration between a giant wood redboard redwood surfboard and some carbon fiber thing I have in my garage. Like 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 the enjoyment factor is exactly the same between me and him a hundred years apart. And I, I kind of feel like there might be that sort of thing going on here where um, at the end of the day you're still hiking, you're still having fun. It doesn't really matter. I mean, what in the world was John Muir wearing? You know, like he, I don't know, but nobody's really gone as, nobody's done as cool shit as he's done in the mountains and he was wearing giant boots, you know? So like, you don't need to be Andrew Skirka uh, to, you know, covering 150 miles a day in, in whatever, you know, like it just, the enjoyment factor is kind of the same. And so I, I guess I'm just, I'm trying to remove myself from that uh, sort of hamster wheel of, of newer, lighter, better, because um, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter right at the end of the day. It just doesn't. Justin, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate your uh, insight on boots versus trail runners. Yeah, thanks. I, I, I'm stoked to have been here. Now I'm rethinking all of my points, but I think at the end of it, I still stand by it, and uh, I will go for a hike today, and it will, it will be a boot. Listen, as we learned in Hollywood, sequels are everything. So eventually you're going to have to write the I've, got, I've returned to trail runners over boots just to kind of like, you know, keep yep. keep the story going. Got to get those clicks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Justin. All right. Thanks. All right. That's it for the show today. But I want to ask, what's your footwear preference when you're out on your local trails? Boots, sandals, running shoes? We want to hear from you. So send your comments to myrockfight at gmail.com. I want to thank my guest, Justin Hausman. Head over to adventure-journal.com to get more Hausman with no E in your life. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe. Thanks for checking out The Rock Fight. I'm Colin True. We'll be back tomorrow with more amazing outdoor content. The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight, LLC.